I'm CJ Von Essen. I'm Alexa Zamora. And we will be watching every single comedy movie made in the year 2007. Oh seven. Oh seven. We're here. We're back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. We're oh finally God. made it. We finally made it. Ladies and gentlemen, for you guys, it's just a sweet transition from the intro song. But for us, it's been like an hour I, of us with technical difficulties. We're struggling over here. CJ, do you think that we will ever actually have like a nice clean audio session recording session (laughs) where one of us isn't like running to a walmart or like dealing with bad internet or like god i hope so i one can only dream yeah it's it's been a time but listen we're here alexa we're here you and me and our microphones, we're connected, we're recording, <laughs> and we just finished watching Son of Rambo. Son of Rambo. Okay, before we even we even start talking about this movie, I have a legitimate question, CJ. Have you ever seen any Rambo movies in your <laughs> life? I have seen I have seen scenes of Rambo on cable television as a kid. Whenever my dad would watch it, I'd like sit down for a couple minutes and get up and do something, so yeah, stuff like that. That's like the American experience. I would, I would say. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I know. I know what it's about. About Rambo? Yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't know what it's about. It's about, I don't, I just know it's, it's Sylvester Stallone, and it's in, it's in the Vietnam War, and that's all. <laughs> After Vietnam War, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's after the Vietnam War. He's a veteran, and he has um. I don't know exactly what happened, but he was in the war, and now he's out of the war, and he's fighting like American troops because they were trying to like get him back to whatever state he was supposed to be in, and he's having like lapses and surviving for himself. Something like that. I don't know. Wow. That's a really interesting movie, actually. I just thought it was a war movie where a guy was just, like, going fucking crazy in Vietnam, like, going hard. I thought it was, like, the Forrest Gump scenes, but, like, more violent and more Ah, glorifying the violence. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Rambo takes place in America. Oh. Oh, wait. That really changes things. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't see Rambo. No. No, we, we saw didn't the see 2007 Rambo. British comedy. Yes. Son of Rambo. Son of Rambo. Um I I'm just going to come out and say it. It was a delight. It was very pleasant. Yeah. It was a pleasant movie. I thought it was really cute. I it's thought a, it was very it's a good creative. coming of age story. A very good coming of age story. The Brits are very good at that. Um, 
I enjoyed it. Um, it's got that kid. No one can ever remember his name. Nick. It's, I, I, like, it's listen, Nick. I, sw- I will put money on. I don't know if his name is Nick. It's Nick Poulter. I'm looking it up now because I don't trust that. Because I feel like no one can remember this dude's name. He was in everything. He was in Bandersnatch. He was in Midsommar. He was in... He was in... The Chronicles of Narnia. Was His name he? is Will. He was in the Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah. As who? He was a little kid. Wait, no. Are we talking about the same little kid? Also, we are the Millers. Eyebrows. We're talking about eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Eyebrows. Yeah. Will Poulter. Will Poulter. I thought he it was He was also Nick. in Maze Runner. I got the last name right. But he is a little boy in this film. Because it's back in 2007. Yeah. And he acted his little heart out. He did a, such a good job. He was such a good actor. He did such a good job. Like, there's there are kids that, like, are very good actors, but you can still tell that there are they are kids who are acting. But he just seemed so natural. He, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't realize how fucking talented he is. I don't know anything about about him. I've seen him in We're the Millers. Um, but, you know, like, and I saw him in Midsummer. I like, I, I like that he fits the, the troublemaker. Definitely. He's definitely, and he's got the look, too. He's got the look so, of a troublemaker. Let's go into what is Son of Rambo all about. Yes. So it's, like we said before, it is a British coming-of-age story. Uh, between two, uh, I think, 10 or 12-year-old boys mm-hmm. set in the 1980s. And the main character, his name is William. He is, like, secluded, kind of. A very modest family. Father died in an accident. A very religious family. Very, very religious. And so this, like, this boy is not even allowed to watch anything TV. No. In class, when they put on a documentary, he has to sit out in the hall. Yeah, it's like he's like like an Amish person. Kind, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know? And so he's the main character, and we first get introduced it. Introduced it, wow. Introduced. Introduced it. Yeah, introduced it. Yeah. It's the Spanish way of saying it. <laughs> to Will Poulter's character. <laughs> And Will Poulter plays Lee Carter, who's the troublemaker, mischie- like mischievous boy. Lee and, Carter. And it's so he, cute. they meet in the hallway during one of these documentaries because he got kicked out of class. Okay, what? So in the movie, he like fills his mouth. The Will, who's not Will Poulter, who's the the protagonist, the other protagonist of this movie, who comes from the conservative family, he puts water into his mouth and then he gets sent outside and then he's like while they're watching the documentary and then he spits water into a fish tank and then like tracks the water levels did i miss something no you didn't i have absolutely no idea what okay because i was watching it and i was like i don't know why he did that <laughs> so this is you know, a British comedy, but it's even like for British comedy's sake, it's more just like a good story. Mm-hmm. None of there's not really good jokes or good bits, but it's still good to watch. Yeah, it's not something that's like um like an Edgar Wright kind of movie where the comedy is very fast. 
and very like clever and in your face it's just like it's kind of just funny situations it's that, the same director as hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah they're a duo they're known as hammer and tongs oh. and they also they direct a lot of music videos like they've directed they directed the um the a team musical musical music video for uh vampire weekend and like a supergrass music video they've they've done a lot of british music videos which i think is really cool yeah good for them yeah and it's like based off of the director's like own like experiences being a kid in a private school trying to like make movies with his friends like i think that's really cute and so what we get to that part these two boys at first, it's kind of, I guess, adversarial, where Lee Carter is picking on William or, like, kind of manipulating him. Yes. And, yeah, he's kind he's kind of like a the troublemaker kid of the school. And both of them get in trouble for knocking... Well, the one kid gets in trouble, the troublemaker kid, because he throws a tennis ball and it breaks the fish tank that the kid was spitting water into um which by the way i fucking hate when movies abuse fish (laughs) (laughs) i am this is a legitimate concern for me i'm very anti what what other movies have abused fish? fish it's just like movies and commercials that are just like lol you broke the fish tank or like they're there's that one commercial. I forget what it was for, but it was it's like... It's almost like a trope then, right? Yes. Like there was like a one commercial where like all the... It was like a guy, like a personal trainer and like a celebrity on like a treadmill. But then they're like pets were on a treadmill. And then there was a fish and a bull on a treadmill. And the joke was like, oh, come on, Bubbles. You're like not... You're not putting in the work. And then the fish is like going to fall off the treadmill. And I'm like, don't let the fish fall off the treadmill. And then there was another commercial for this Amy Adams show, which looked really good. But I refused to watch it because the trailer involved a dead fish floating in a tank. And I was so upset. I don't like fish abuse (laughs) in media. It upsets me. I'm sorry. Fish are yeah, very it's, important. It's like Chekhov's fish tank. I hate it. Fish are fish are also living creatures and they're sweet pets. And I used to be a very proud fish mom and I'm very offended at the fish abuse in these movies. <laughs> anyway, that's my soapbox. <laughs> um, so they break the fish tank, they get in trouble. And the one kid... Good. I'm glad they got in trouble. I'm fucking glad. They deserved it for that fucking fish abuse. (laughs) Those fish didn't fucking deserve that. have consequences, First of all, these fish are drinking that child's backwash, which is fucking weird. It's kind of weird. Why is there even a fish tank just chilling? Why the, like, is in the there hallway? a fish tank just chilling in a hallway? I find that to be is that the what most... they do in England? Is right? that just like listen? If there are any British listeners right now that go to a private school in the eighties, in the eighties, can you yeah. please let us know if there were just random fish tanks in your hallways? I find I feel like that's the worst possible place to put a fish tank, especially in a school hallway. No, no, I, the bathroom, the bathroom has to be worse. Yeah. Gym class, like a gymnasium. Yeah, that's true. That is, yeah. But but hallways are definitely up there. Hallways, I mean, like, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. They, As, know, again, especially in a boys' school, or not a boys' school, in a private school where everybody's just, like, pushing yeah. each other. Anyway, so they get in trouble. 
fucking deserved. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the kid, the troublemaker kid Lee is like, hey, dude, I like your watch. And the kid's like, thanks. And he's like, I'll take the fall for you if you give it to me. And the kid's like, I don't want to give you my watch. And he's like, guess you're going to get in trouble and you're going to get tortured. And the kid's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, don't you know that they tor- they literally physically torture you when you go to the office? And he's like, oh, my God, and gets scared and is like, OK, fine. Here's my watch. Um, so he gives the kid the watch. Um, and he's like, well, I guess now, you know, we're thanks for the watch. I guess now we're like we're even or whatever. Um and thus starts their friendship. <laughs> yeah, and so we we have them being connected through this event. Yes. And Will will then go to Lee Lee what's his last name? Again? Lee Lee what? Carter Lee is Carter. the tr- is the troublemaker and Will Will goes to Lee Will Carter. is the cutie. And Lee Carter has to then pretend that he's been injured from being tortured, yes. like walking with a limp. Because so he's then Will, yeah. being the, such a good Samaritan that he is, he's like, "Oh, buddy, let me help <laughs> you." He bicycle bicycles him all the way back to his house. Yes, because Lee Carter was pickpocketing someone at in school. And he's like, oh, sweet, I'm going to make my getaway. And Will is like, where are you going? And he's like, oh, oh they said I could leave because I was tortured. And they're like, and he's like, well, you can't possibly bicycle home with a bad leg. And he's like, guess you're right. And he had like this little like hookup, like, what would you call one of them? Like a trunk, basically. Like a wagon. A wagon. That's the word. A wagon hooked up to his, uh, bicycle and will just like he sat in the back and will just pedaled him home yeah he was chilling it was really like damn what a fucking con man (laughs) and it was also this scene where we get introduced to what was like kind of the b plot yes movie that later intertwined yeah and so this the secondary plot Consists of a bus full of French foreign exchange students yes. going to spend some time in this private school. Yes. And they each get, like, paired to, like, a buddy. Yeah. I guess a buddy that speaks, that's, like, a taking a French class so that they don't, like, you know, they yeah. don't navigate this place alone. And so the French kids are walking off the bus getting assigned. And this one little British boy gets assigned this insanely this popular suave punk rock <laughs> bitch cj before i even saw him i just saw his crazy ass fucking boots. red pleather boots and i was like yeah oh fuck this is my favorite character and then you see like his fucking punk rock fucking billy idol outfit and his like his mullet with like his blonde streaked hair and he's like smoking a cigarette and i was like i fucking love this dude and this this movie was so weird in how they like i guess presented him yes because he never never uh messed with the two other protagonists no at all no until like maybe two-thirds of the way into the movie he had his own agenda. and we would get like every now and then like a quick little scene of him and his like group of boys or like him making out with girls and all that but we have had no like 
connection to the two. It was so random. Yeah, it was. It for a while I was like, this is kind of weird that like this movie has like a B plot with people that like don't really concern the main characters. Like I wasn't fully understanding that. We were we were at just first. waiting for the connection. Yeah, yeah, I was really I at, and it took so long that for a while I was like is this gonna connect or is this just like a weird like side tangent because you just kept seeing like everybody following this popular french boy and i was like this is so freaking weird like we're not getting any explanations like i don't know what's happening and then midway through the movie they finally connected but like every time i saw him i love 80s aesthetics to begin with (laughs) so like every time i saw him i was like fuck yes, this is this is peak, flashy, gaudy, disgusting 80s, and I love it. <laughs> and so now back to the two uh, main boys, William yes. and Lee Carter. Lee Carter. We keep saying his first and last name because the main character, Will, always says his first and last name. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He never just calls him Lee. It's always Lee Carter. William takes Lee back to Lee's house. And we find out that Lee's living situation, you know, isn't the best it could be. He, his ma is out of the country for an extended period of time with mm-hmm. her husband. Mm-hmm. And his stepfather. So, yeah. Lee Carter and his brother, his older brother, kind of just by themselves. Yes. And it doesn't seem like the best of relationships, but it's all that he has. No. And the thing is, is that, like, when... Lee Lee Carter is like having Will drive him to his home and like you see him like go past like farms and pastures and like he's like going through like an old what looks like a nuclear power plant <laughs> um, at some point yeah you're kind of, they, the movie kind of leads you to believe that he's like oh another kid who comes from like humble beginnings and then he, like, walks into basically, like, a nursing home, and you're like, why is he walking into a nursing home? And you're like, oh, maybe the poor kid doesn't have a home, and he lives in the nursing home. But then, like, they go all the way back into the management office, and then they open up a door to this, like, crazy, huge, like, basically extension of the the nursing home that's, like, this big, gaudy house that's got, like... Very expensive. Very expensive statues. The one statue of like one pregnant lady with another lady like holding her pregnant belly was <laughs> so weird. I was like, this is so stupid. Um, so like you can see that it's like he has all of these things, but like it doesn't really matter because he doesn't have uh like he doesn't have any parents. He's cooking breakfast for his older brother he's he gave his older brother will's um will's watch for his birthday and his brother was like okay cool like i don't really care like it's a strained relationship to say the least but it was this scene where we first get the interaction and the connection of son of rambo yes we find out that lee carter has been um, using his brother's 
video camera without him knowing because he's making a screen test, a screen tape to submit to a, like a young screen makers award. Yeah. So the BBC, which is like a, this is like a, a real contest that they used to have. I don't know if they still do it, but the BBC would have um, contests for young filmmakers called screen, called the screen test award. Um, and they would bring these kids on to this award show and they would give them an award and be like, good job. You made like the best short film. And he wanted to make a short film based on Rambo. Yeah. And so, uh, as, as we find out about this, William gets to watch his very first media production piece, which is the movie Rambo, which is Rambo first blood. And as a, you know, 10, 12-year-old boy watching Rambo and having that be the only movie you've ever watched, it has such a big impact on him. Yes. He... I, I think they're supposed to be 10 because Didier, the um, French punk boy, uh, they say that they're six, six forms. Which, which is I, sixth grade. I'm assuming that means like sixth I th- grade. I think so, too. So they have to be like 10 or 11. No, okay. that's still too old. 9 or 10, I would say. Yeah. And so William uh, sneaks out of Lee's house and to run back to his own house. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, he's just screaming, giddy, glee. He's having the best he, time. But he is the son of Rambo and that he's going to get back his father. Rambo. Yes. He has He a runs whole... into a scarecrow. <laughs> yes, a scarecrow that has like Rambo in his stomach and like it w- this this scene, we're not doing it justice. No, it was we're not. like we're we're watching a regular movie, right? Just up but then we get two minutes of just like cartoon animation. Yes. Like acid dripping. Because the soundtrack went off really the wall crazy. and it was awesome it was some weird shit. i think this was my favorite scene in the movie because um will is likes to draw and he's a very creative child and so like all he's had so far has been the bible that he can draw so he's been drawing on like bathroom walls and he's been drawing all through him throughout his bible and like making little like illustrations to go along with it but now that he has rambo in his life now he's like illustrating and like making these stories about himself who is the son of Rambo and this dream sequence that he has it's like like everything is drawn and like a dog that he has seen earlier now has like drawn on wings and is like shooting him and like it he gets cut like, in the shoulder and then he gets cut the, in the wound shoulder. in the shoulder actually turns into a mouth and starts talking and starts to him. talking to him it's, I, it's some freaky shit. I loved it. it. It was so weird. It kind of reminded me of, um, have you seen the Captain Underpants movie by any chance? I have read the books. I have not seen the movie. Okay, the movie, I never read the books. I did see the movie, and the movie is very cool because it kind of, it does the same thing where it, like, changes mediums, and, like, oh. they'll be, like, Cause it's like, it's a CGI mainly, but then they'll like go into like a dream sequence or an action sequence where things are like, somebody's using dolls, like live action to like pretend somebody's fighting or they would use like 2D animation. It's like chowder. 
It's like Chowder. I never watched Chowder. Yeah. Chowder oh. had just missed me, but I know of you Chowder. Are. Chowder is still here, baby. You can <laughs> go on to Netflix, go on to Hulu, whatever, wherever it's. You oh, Chowder is a great show. I see. I I missed the boat on Chowder. I'm a little sad I, about that. I'm telling you, the boat Chowder. is still in the port. You can still take a ride. <laughs> Doesn't you can still Chowder take a ride also, on that gravy boat to Chowdertown. Doesn't Chowder also take place um, on a boat? Or am I just thinking, just making that up? <laughs> no, you're thinking of Flapjack. Oh my god, yes. I am thinking about Flapjack. That mm-hmm. also missed me. I this think, is my area of expertise. Yeah, this is this is when I kind of dropped off of Cartoon Network and like cartoons for like three years. And oh. I, there's like a whole... There's, like, a whole section of, like, cartoons and kids shows that, like, I missed because that was when I was, like, I'm too old and cool for this and I'm just gonna watch MTV. So, like, I missed a lot of, like, Chowder and Flapjack. I definitely missed Camp Laszlo. I also missed most of Billy and Mandy, too. And Billy shows and Mandy like that. Billy Mandy was early. That was a long, that was, that was me catching the tail end of it. I think I think I had caught the beginning of Billy and Mandy and that's when I kind of like dropped off. Yeah. So there's like a big there's a solid chunk of animation pop culture that I was alive for but did not embrace. So there's I'm like a whole you, black hole in my timeline. Let's go back to the plot of this movie, but I'm telling okay. you you got to give Chowder a try because I it's gotta it's give like Chowder it's evergreen. Try. It's evergreen. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm listen. I'm I'm open to new things all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll put chowder on the list. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, they they bend the medium, and now it's like for a while, it's like a two D animated sequence where he and the, the scarecrow and a Sylvester Stallone look alike are the only live action things. I think in I think that was actually Sylvester. Was it not Do actually you think- Sylvester Stallone? I don't know. I think I didn't know if it was a lookalike or if they just used like um uh footage from the movie that they just kind of like put in. Good point. We both didn't see the movie, so I uh, we Yeah, I genuinely it. I couldn't tell yeah. you. CJ, why is it called First Blood? I don't know. I was I, hope, I was hoping you could tell me. No. <laughs> Maybe we should have researched Rambo before we saw this. Basically, CJ just gave me a list of like five random movies, and I was like, "What is Son of Rambo?" And he's like, "Oh, I guess that's the one we're watching." Let's do it. Yeah, click. It was. Um, listen, I'm glad we did. Anyway, so he has this dream sequence, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm the Son of Rambo. I can't." He's like in class drawing Son of Rambo. He's sitting outside in the hallway while they watch another documentary, and he's like got his like tie around his forehead like rambo does his little bandana thingy Mm -hmm. um and he's like pretending to fight and he's throwing pine cones at like the french punk and all of his friends like and pretending it's a grenade and he's like marking his territory it's an adorable sequence and then afterwards lee and him are like all right lee is like well i need you to come to my house and help me finish this movie and he's like I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, I, you know what? I saved your you ass owe me before. One. And 
You owe yeah. me one, and I'm going to make the terms. So you're going to help me w- make this movie. And he's like, okay, I guess. But I want to be the son of Rambo, and it's going to involve a scarecrow and a flying dog. And Lee Carter is like, fuck yeah, I'm on board. Let's Bet. fucking do it. This is a great <laughs> sure, idea. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the kid keeps saying, like, skills. And he's like, oh, skills. And there's one line, like, after they, like, shoot a scene together where he goes, oh, skills on toast. Skills on toast. I was like, I'm going to start using that. I like that. So this next part of the movie is um, a series of scenes of the two boys filming different shots. And it's, like, dangerous. Uh, Yes. Poor Will is getting, like, thrown out of a tree. Is getting, Mm -hmm. like, seesawed over, like, some trash. Yes. It's some good stuff. We see... um, I, I might be getting the order of it wrong, but, like, this is intertwined with, like, the contrast of Will at home because his home life is very, very sheltered, very boring and, and uptight. Yes, and honestly, I even wrote down at one point, I was like, is this a cult that it, it Will and his family is culty. in? And then once they were, he was like, I'm part of the Plymouth the brothers of Plymouth or whatever, or the Plymouth Brotherhood, I think it is. And I was like, that sounds like a cult. And then the Did way everybody was dressing. I don't think it's real. I'm not going to lie. Okay, Google. I think. Plymouth Brotherhood. Plymouth Brethren. Wait, oh my gosh, it has oh, its own yeah. Wikipedia it, it's a page. Is it a cult? It's a church. Low church nonconformist evangelical Christian movement whose history can be traced to Dublin, Ireland in the late 1820s, originating from Anglicanism. Okay. So it's real. Oh, well, now I'm insulting a real religion. That being said, (laughs) it was a little culty. I'm not going to lie. Say it like it is, yeah. It says there's one. I'm just skimming through this Wikipedia article, and it says the term exclusive is most commonly used in the media to describe one separatist group, I guess, is the Taylor Hales Brethren, who now calls themselves the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. There you go. Okay. Majority. Oh, wow. I can't. So, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fall into a fucking black hole. You're good. I gotta. Will, go, I gotta Will get out of this. Into this church with his family. His ma is very strict. Yeah, uh, and she wears like this, like Amish clothing, and she's got like a bandana on her hand. She looks like she came straight hand. from Plymouth Rock. Yeah, yeah, like and all. I if like all of the women have like those bandanas on their heads, which I guess signifies like their religion. Um, but yes, yeah, she lives a very sheltered life. She tells will you know you have to come to church because it's like a mandatory meeting and he's like i can't and she's like well you have to and he's like no i'm helping a boy who is uh who is hurt who he was injured and i've been helping him and so that's how he kind of gets away with hanging out with somebody outside of like his religious circle by making it sound like he's doing like a uh a good deed, like a nice good Samaritan deed by helping this terribly mm. injured boy who in reality is just Lee Carter who faked a limp. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But now the boys are quickly becoming uh, pretty close Best friends. friends. Mm-hmm. There was a scene where Lee is manning the camera and mm-hmm. Will is 
the son of Rambo, he has to swing on this Tarzan swing above water mm-hmm. and land back on shore. But when he mm-hmm. swings, he lets go, falls in the water, and we find out that Will can't swim. Yes. So now Lee has to, cursing all the way, takes his clo- like his <laughs> jacket off to jump into the water. He saves yes. the boy. And they share this great bonding moment as they take the deepest breaths as they emerge from the water, crawling onto the mud. And after they're cleaned up, they decide, uh, well, Lee decides, I should say, to make their friendship official by making a good old blood pack, which is yes. which is pretty gross and weird. <laughs> yes. Uh, that consists of taking a knife, cutting the palm of your hand for each person, shaking that hand and keeping the palms, the open wounds together until a random owl <laughs> makes another noise. <laughs> there was noise. a pigeon. Oh, it was a pigeon. Sure. I thought it was kind of cute. Did you did you not do Blood you Brothers when you were a kid? Did you not did do you, that? Alexa? Did did you? Okay, so we didn't cut our hands, but like What we are you cut... talking? No, 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 wait, wait, what? You don't what? you never did Blood Brothers? Okay. Listen, I'm not going to lie. It definitely was not a good thing for us to be doing. Um but even my, I, I very specifically remember, like, my friends and I would do them with, like, paper cuts and stuff. And we would do, like, blood sisters with, like, paper cuts in, like, elementary school. Fuck? Oh, my God. I can't believe you've never done this. Um, I we can't do, believe like, you've done this. We do blood you're, sisters you're in elementary me, school. You're telling me you and your, your so-called friends. Yeah. I'm sure me and Kira did it when we were kids. Yeah, well, we didn't do it on purpose, but if we had paper cuts, yeah, we would put them together and say blood sisters. And my mom told me that that was a huge thing in the 80s, too. They used to do that, like, when they were kids. They would, like, prick their fingers and do, like, blood brothers and blood sisters. And then the AIDS epidemic happened, and then nobody was allowed to touch each other's blood anymore. (laughs) I wonder why. Yeah. I'm good having my blood inside my body. Thank you very much. That's so funny that you've never done blood brothers before there's not that big of an age difference between us no i i guess I, I there's i have friends that i would like like we are close enough where blood brothers could be a thing but we i would not want to do that yeah. that is some weird stuff <laughs> i don't know I don't like it. Uh, I don't yeah. know my I don't know my friend's blood type. <laughs> yeah, it probably. I got I safe, got oh I listen I'm O something I don't know if I'm positive or negative you? I don't even know my own blood type. Isn't O the universal blood type? Oh, there's O positive and O negative, which are two different. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. even know my blood type. And ask. you're going you're swapping blood with every person you meet. I don't know. I was like eight. I didn't understand. Young blood. I didn't understand. Young blood. Say you want it. Say you want it. Anyway, I didn't understand the consequences of touching blood to each other until I got oh, I understand. older. <laughs> I understand that. It's grosser when, like, in some movies. It's like, the it's kids... like when I, I saw kids in movies and TV shows do, like, the whole, like, they spit on their I was literally just about shake. to say the spit. I would do blood over spit any day. I wouldn't do either. I wouldn't do either, but I would do blood over spit. Well, I mean, I have done one, but I would do blood over spit. If I if I had a if I had to choose, gun to my head, <laughs> I would choose spit over blood. Ew, what are you talking about? What are ew, you talking, Alexa? Ew, ew. Alexa, I hate spit. I hate spit. I will take blood over spit any day. I find yeah, spit okay, to be disgusting. Listen, you know what? You know what? You know what solves that? Like 
you, you do the handshake, then you go and you wash your hands. You, that's all. But you it's wash your hands so and you're good. gross. When and it's you goofy. shake, when you when you put your opened wound to another person's bleeding opened wound. Listen, soap ain't gonna fix that. The blood, the, like that bacteria, is now in your body. Yeah, and now your blood. Brother. Osmosis Jones, that's his problem to deal with. Yeah, and now your blood brothers, and now you're bound for life because you have each other's blood in your systems. That's na- it's nastier than spit. That's all I'm saying. That it is not one hundred percent nastier uh, than spit. It's, you yeah. know what it is, CJ? It's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. It's fucking cool. Okay, all right. <laughs> I see how it is. Anyway, just because I don't have another person's blood in my body, <laughs> I'm not cool. I see. I, it. I, I see guess. How it is. I guess not. I guess not, Mister Universal Blood Type. I you guess, have everybody's blood in you. I guess you know what we're gonna be doing next time we meet in person, Alexa. It better not be spitting in each other's hands. <laughs> how about th- how about this? <laughs> you can cut your hand, and I'll spit in mine. Ew! Ew! That way oh we my both god! Have a way. That literally sounds terrible. That sounds we that's like the worst way. possible outcome. For I don't you, want to cut yeah. open my hand. <laughs> it's the best outcome for me. I don't want... CJ, let's just let's just say that we'll, we're gonna do none of this. <laughs> this is terrible and gross. We took right. we took a lovely heartwarming moment between these two boys, and you have shattered it with your saliva. I shattered it. You shattered, they shattered it. it as soon as they cut themselves to bleed on each other. It was a lot of blood. Talk about culty that was, stuff. That was a really big cut. Where did that yeah, kid get that knife? Got, they had to fucking bandage themselves. Where did that kid get a knife? I guess it's the 80s. It was the 80s, yeah. I, what a time. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's um where, where do we leave off uh so they did the blood brother pact and they're like we're bonded for life and then you're like okay now they're best friends and then i'm so derailed by this <laughs> it's all right here one two skip a few right the religious ma is worried that her son yes. William is being influenced by outsiders Yes. And so he... How did he um, explain that... the giant cut in his hand? They never said that. You just cut to him praying with a bandage over his hand. I'm like, how did they fucking explain Oops, that? so clumsy. He was, she was already mad that he lost his father's watch. Yeah. Also, I don't know. in that scene where they're blood brothers... There we go. You know what? I'm back on track. In the scene where they do blood brothers, um, they, uh, they talk about how Lee Carter's older brother is never going to give the watch back because he likes it. And Will is like, well, it was my dad's, so I guess it doesn't really matter. And then Lee Carter's like, why? Are you pissed at your dad? And he's like, oh, no, he's dead. (laughs) And then Lee Carter's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. How'd he die? And he's like, he died while mowing the lawn. And then they laugh. And then the kid's like, no, but for real, he was mowing the lawn. Then he had an aneurysm and then he died. (laughs) And then like the lawnmower kept going and then they just kind of like laughed about it. But the kid is, I guess Will is very easygoing because he didn't really know his dad. And so 
he's like, yeah, it kind of happened when I was a kid. And then Lee Carter's like, yeah, my dad walked out like before I was even born. And my mom remarried to this guy named Colin who lives in Spain. And so that's how we know that it's just classic fucking Colin. So it's just him and his brother. (laughs) So the boys are getting closer. And we keep getting these random scenes of with the French boy. The yes. French boy has uh, accrued a posse of British lads, and yeah, and they're uh, has they're all younger of... kids, and all the younger kids are now starting to dress like him. So they all have like these blonde streaks in their hair, and yeah. they all have like these perms and these mullets. It's so cute, and so then like uh, Didier is his name has like this line of like girls who just want to kiss him so he kisses every single girl and then in french tells his little buddy like that was terrible and then his little buddy brings the girls to the side and he's like he said you were great anyway next girl and did yep, moving on moving on and didier's like oh i am so bored and then he's and then his little posse of friends are like he can't possibly be bored he's not allowed to be bored we love him he can't if he's bored he'll leave and so this is how it gets connected to the Lee and William boys. Yes. So Lee found a statue outside of like a supermarket that said Seeing Eye Dogs. Yes, which was weird. Were they selling Seeing Eye Dogs? I have absolutely no idea. I, I was no going to ask you the idea. same they thing. They brought out a statue. They put it in front of what looked like a grocery store and it said Seeing Eye Dogs. And I was like, is it like a like a place for seeing eye dogs or is it literally like just a sign that's for awareness it was a sign for seeing eye dogs either way uh lee sees it and is like fuck yes i'm gonna make a flying dog so he steals it while everybody like runs past him and he's like fuck off you're gonna have to chase me and i'm on a bike so he steals this dog he sets up the next day to go and film with his buddy will and will is not allowed to go out because the elders of his religion cult are like super concerned that he's like having too many outside influences and they basically coerce his mother into bringing him to this super long meeting where they all talk about how everybody who is outside of this religion is not to be dealt with and like associated with basically Mm -hmm. um so lee thinks that he's just ditching him and he just doesn't want to make the movie but in actuality will was forced to go there so the next day lee is all upset and he's like you really made me sit out there with ketchup pretending to be fake blood for hours you're such a jerk and then will is like no for real it's really my my religion and he's like yeah okay doesn't really believe him and he's like no i'm being serious it's my my religion i'm not allowed to even be seen with you and he's like okay i forgive you anyway i made you a flying dog and it's the dog statue on a kite <laughs> it it's pretty awesome it's, um, i love it it was so cool i'm not gonna lie yeah. i don't and know it how, worked <laughs> and it worked i don't know like how light that statue was like i can't stop thinking about it like how did they get it in the air on just a kite but they're like it's very windy in england land it's very windy in the england lands so will is holding up this this 
kite in the England lands of wind with this flying dog <laughs> while Lee Carter is filming the dog flying around and then Will loses control of the dog and he the dog statue goes flying. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. This he, this was this okay, this movie for some reason loved having some out of nowhere um shock value. Like, yes. So in the but beginning, like not in the way that you would think. <laughs> no. So in the beginning, when they the two boys first meet each other, Lee throws like a tennis ball, and it just straight up fucking hits Will, decks him in the head from like a long distance, and it, the way it's angled, it's like coming straight towards the camera. Yeah. And so Alexa and I both we jumped both when we watched. Jumped. It. CJ texted me. He's like, he's like, I I'm only five minutes in, and I've already jumped. And I was like, was it the tennis ball? Cause me too. <laughs> And so it happens again with this damn dog kite. Yes. It flies through the open window of this science classroom where this random science teacher is by himself and he is grooming his beard in the science room. With trimmer, with like scissors. And so the dog flies through the window, crashes through all these Bunsen burners and beakers and test tubes and the man screams, ducks down. He reemerges and the scissors are in his nose Mm-mm. and there's blood and he you you you, you see him slowly pull, pull the scissors out it is so gross I, you do not want that in your open wounds I i'll tell you that much <laughs> i'll tell you that much my guy i literally I'll tell you that much. i have a note that i wrote down that says oh i don't like the scissors in the nose i did not like that and I, at all i was like what's going on with these scissors and then I just see him pop up, <laughs> no, and they're no, no. in his nose, like it's shoved so up his nose. That's so fucking gross. It was so gross. I thought he was gonna fucking die. I was like, Ugh. I was like, oh my god, is are we just gonna have like a random death? But no, it was just gross. I hated it. But it distracts Lee Carter and Will enough where Lee Carter's like, shit, we're totally busted for this. He's like. I'll take the fall again. Just grab the camera and get out of here. So Will leaves the camera and or he grabs the camera and he's like, oh, shit, I don't know where the fuck my book is with all my notes. And he just kind of leaves it. And turns out that Didier's little posse ends up finding the book and they're like, he's going to fucking love this. And at first I thought they were going to like, bully him like like in shark boy and lava girl where they where the mean kid steals the oh, i forget what his what anybody's fucking name was aside from uh from george shark lopez boy and, and shark boy and lava girl yeah. but the bad kid like steals the dream journal and the kid's like you stole my dream journal and the kid's like mystery send this kid to the principal and have him expelled at once i loved that kid he was a fuck he was fucking ridiculous (laughs) he was so ridiculous he's the best part of that movie anyway i thought that was going to be kind of the same thing where like they steal his journal and then they kind of like make fun of him and like everybody in the school is going to tease him but in actuality Didier and his friends really do fucking love it. They think it's, like, the coolest thing. It's some good shit right there, yeah. So Lee Carter gets suspended for a week, 
and he's like out of school suspension and he's feeling pretty good he's like fuck i don't want to go to work i'm just gonna fuck around mess uh, mess around with my movie and uh just live my best life for a week meanwhile will is getting basically accosted by didier and his boys to like be in his movie which at first so they cut to this scene and like in a church i guess on campus I think the private school church. The yeah. private school church. And Didier's there and he's like, got a gun. And he's like quoting Rambo. And Will's like, what? And he's like, I want to be in your movie. He's like, I love the movie Rambo. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, I have my boys with me. And like all of his friends are there. He's like, they can all help. And at first, I'm not going to lie. I have... um a note that says this is so cute because at first I thought it was like a genuinely nice thing I was like oh they're all gonna be friends and they're all gonna work on the movie together not so much (laughs) no it goes from one trope to a different trope yes uh what ends up happening is the classic thing of the writer the creative nobody becomes famous in their pool of material um, yes. and doesn't know what to do with the fame. Yes. So, I, what I mean by that is William now, because he's connected with French boy, he is popular. He's allowed in the sixth grade club room. Yes. Like the hangout spot where he gets to drink pop rocks and Coca-Cola together. Yes. I can't wait to get and to that scene because that was a good scene. <laughs> he Well, we're, we're there now, aren't we? Yeah, I guess that's true. So they are, they all help him. They're like, we want to be in the movie. So while Lee Carter's gone on suspension, Will has the camera. So he's like, I guess we'll just film things. So Didier has his own character that he calls the wolf. And the wolf is there to like help the son of Rambo save his dad Rambo and he's like always fighting the Englishman and he's super cool and whatever and so they're getting all of this footage and having all these extras and making like these cool scenes uh while Lee Carter is gone so and also Will is gaining all this popularity so Lee Carter comes back and he's like what the fuck's going on what's with the movie and he's like oh Didier is in it and the girls are the sixth grade girls are going to be in it and everybody is like treating this like a like a professional movie set basically and he's like I really enjoyed that like people really like had professions and they were like he's like oh I have them you know they all want to help and he's like I don't trust these people like everybody's be like everybody's two-faced and again at first i still wanted to trust the french boy and his friends because i thought it was cute and i was like okay maybe he's just like jealous and then he's like oh you know what like we can all be friends but no they really were two-timing backstabbers so will is like come to this party lee carter because we're allowed in the sixth forms common room i don't know what that means but they are basically they go to this party And they show, like, shots of different people in the party. You've got, like, the 80s goths. You've got the 80s punks. You've got, like, the nerds, like, the pop girls. And everybody's there in, like, their cute outfits. And they're head-to-toe, like, in makeup and piercings and everything you can imagine. But they're still sixth graders, so they're acting like they're all 
drunk and high and drugged up in a party, but they're doing things like eating Pop Rocks and sniffing erasers. Scented erasers. <laughs> Scented erasers. Like, that brought me I back literally... to... Smensels. Were Smensels a big Smensels. thing for you? Smensels, yes. Holy. And the smelly markers, too. No, it it was Smensels at my school. I that, did have that Smensels. Shit. You would get the Smensels at the Scholastic Book Fair. You would have to keep them in the tubes so they would keep their scent. Yes, you had and to keep them in the they'd tubes. They'd be passed around and kids would just go like, <sighs> CJ, oh, that's some good stuff. CJ, this is all coming back to me. Yes. And I had scented erasers too, and I we had set the we scented had a markers. We had Smensels for a period of time. Why? Uh, because it was being treated like fucking contraband. contraband. People were like smuggling and like obsessed with them. If if a girl came out and was like using a blueberry Smensel, people would not start shutting up in class. You'd be like, "I smell blueberry! I smell blueberry! Who's got I smell it? The pencil. Where is it?" And the teachers get so upset. Like, the school store sold them, but then they had to, like, they were allowed to sell them, but only, like... There was, like, a ban like, on the Smensels? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. That's so fucking funny. I... That's so funny. I love that. We had the... scent. They had the smelly markers, and the thing about the smelly markers is that you would know when people were huffing smelly markers, because you would have marker... Marker spots on your noses. (laughs) Oh, the the innocent things. But I thought it was very cute because at first, like, you see these girls and they look like they're super, like, fucked up and they're, like, sniffing things and they all look brightly colored. And I'm like, is this an 80s party drug that I don't know about? I was like, what's happening? And then Will goes and he sniffs one. He's like, sniff it, Lee Carter. It really smells like cake. I was like, Oh my god, they're smelling erasers. And then I was like, oh, this part. And then the punk girls are like giving Will a tattoo, but it's a temporary tattoo of a unicorn. Like, I just yeah. thought it was such a such a fun scene. I think this was my second favorite scene in the movie because they really shot it. Was it was played serious, too. It was played so serious, and they really shot it like this was a crazy party scene, and everybody was acting like this was a crazy party, but in actuality, they're still children, and they're still doing kids' things, like dancing poorly and sniffing erasers and eating Pop Rocks <laughs> with Coca-Cola and using temporary tattoos. I was like, this I, scene is great. I did not laugh out loud too much in this movie but one point i definitely did was when a random kid burst through the outside door threw up over like the railing and then just ran back and in. then ran back in i was like, <laughs> like i was like what's that kid throwing up and i was like probably pop rocks and coke <laughs> oh my god it was so good and then when you see didier and he's like doing like these weird dances and everybody's like following behind him i was like man to be to be a kid in the eighties, but then William starts dancing and he doesn't know how to dance, so he's just hopping yeah, up and, and down. But Didier is like starts following him, hell and yeah, then dude. everybody comes in and just starts hopping. And it's hopping. so good. It was so cute. I was like, is this kid inventing a mosh pit right now? Are they gonna just start moshing and like fighting? But no, they were just hopping, as one does this, in a middle school dance. Truthfully, but this connection with Didier is is ultimately going to lead to some turmoil. Mm-hmm. Because... 
Lee is not having a good time at this party. He feels very left out. Will is doing his own thing. He's like, come on, Lil, like, let's get going. I'm like, not into the vibe here. And Will's like, no, it's fun. And he starts dancing with Didier. And Lee is like, well, I'm fucking out of here, dude. Like, fuck this. Yeah. Yes. And, and so we, we get to us. They're doing more scenes with the camera. And they're in like some... What, what was it? A weird, like, industrial yard? Yeah. Like an abandoned complex? Well, some- first they are in, like, catacombs with the, um, with the, the scarecrow. And, and they do a scene where Lee, William, and Didier are all together. Yes. And Lee kind of accidentally, kind of on purpose. Yeah. Hits- Didier with a bat of With sorts, a bat because they're like, pretending to fight the scarecrow and everybody freaks out and like yeah. cuts production and they're like, oh my God, Didier, are you okay? Like they hit him. Why would you hit him? And he's like, oh, I'm just acting. And every, and Will is like, well, you kind of hit him. And he's like, whatever, dude. Like, I don't like these people. They're, they're two-faced. And Will was like, I don't like your fucking attitude. Like <laughs> Lee kind of breaks off from the rest of them yes but is that at the industrial site i don't remember exactly so when. so the lee and will getting kind of like an argument in the catacombs and lee is like they're they're two they're two-faced and blah 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 and uh will is like fuck you like they're they all want to help and they all want to be in the movie and they get in kind of a tiff and then the next day lee carter comes to will's house and is like come on like i just want to apologize like can you just let me up like that's right i'm really sorry and will's like you can't come up like you're not allowed to be here and lee is like okay then like don't be such an asshole and like I because Lee still doesn't fully believe that like this religion thing is real. And so he's like, why are you being such an asshole? Can't you come down and talk to me? And Will is like, literally, I cannot do that. And so Lee gets mad and he's like, I brought you a present and you're just acting like a total douchebag. And you're hanging out with these people that I don't really like, blah, 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 this, that and the other thing. And the two of them get in an argument and Will's mother hears this argument and contacts the leader i guess of the brethren who has a he is a scummy dude who's a scummy dude who's got like this creepy fucking crush on will's mom and he's like he's like oh you know like he's getting kind of comfortable with some outside sources like you know maybe you should give him a talking to and just being like a weirdo so she calls this guy the next day Will wakes up to do some filming, and she's like, what's his fucking name? What's that asshole's name? Brother what? Brother Thomas, maybe? Brother... Was it Thomas? Brethren. Brother Joshua. Joshua, sure. I got the cast list in front of me. Brother Joshua. She's like, Joshua's coming, and he's going to take you away for a couple days, a couple weeks, or whatever. And Will is like, fuck this. I don't like this religion. I don't. And he bolts. Yeah, and he fucking bolts. He runs out, and Josh was there, and he's like literally attacking Will and trying to like grab him. And Will literally turns around. He's like, "I hate you. Stop acting like my you're my dad. You're not my dad. Fuck off, basically." And then gets away and runs towards the filming location, which is through that like weird nuclear power plant 
thing that oh. that will and lead road through they were on bikes road yeah. through the beginning of the movie okay. which was like the shortcut so yeah i guess it's like an old like abandoned construction site work site nuclear yeah. power plant i don't know and, and so now now will is here with all the extras didier yes the crew and it's like it's being treated like it's a professional like it's a professional film set and and will is there like the director and he's like the girls are like how do i look how's my costume and he's like oh you look beautiful and then he's like oh get more green paint on that and i you know move those over here and like oh there's you just see like children carrying like steel beams and buckets of paint (laughs) in the background and you're like like again it was played serious it was played serious and like yeah these kids are assholes and you're starting to acknowledge that these kids are assholes but you're like damn these kids run like a tight ship like yeah like if if they weren't assholes and they were actually nice this could be a really good fucking movie like they were organized they knew what they were doing they all had jobs you had the extras you had the actors you had their the the props guys and the construction guys and the one kid like rigged up a an old car to work like I was impressed. Yeah. Listen, I guess when you're as a kid in the 80s, you don't have a lot of dis- you don't have as many distractions. You don't have video games. You don't have social <laughs> media. What are you going to do? I don't know. Take up a hobby, so. which is construction, I guess, and and being into films and rigging up old cars. <laughs> and so Lee walks to the set, and this is where Lee and Will get in their like big their fight. big tussle. The big fight where um, words are said that, you know, they're going to regret. Like, Will says to Lee how his brother's a scab. Yes, and I guess that's a British insult. everyone knows that. And, like, because everybody keeps calling him Lee a scab and his brother a scab. Which, yeah. Doesn't sound good. So maybe it has, like, you know, more intense meaning to it. Yes. But they, they get into a pretty serious fight where Lee storms off by himself yes and so now lee ditches the production and will is kind of taking the realm he is manning the camera in the car as well as playing son of rambo with wolf didier in the driver's seat i again such fucking talented children like and yeah like multitasking and lee is like why is didier in my costume and he's like well he's going to be the one driving the car. And Lee is like, I was supposed to drive the car. And Will is like, you you don't even, you don't know how to drive a car. Lee, Dizier can, can drive. And he's like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And the kid's like, and, you know, they get into a whole scuffle. And Will's like, don't be stupid. And he's like, don't call me stupid. They get into the fight. Lee storms off. He leaves his uh, camera there and he's like, you know what? Y'all can go fuck yourselves because you guys are all mean. And all the kids are being mean and like teasing him. So he runs off. So then it's Didier and Will in the car. Will's filming himself, filming Didier. And then Didier is smoking because there's so... By the way, all the kids smoking in this movie. Hilarious. (laughs) I... Like, okay, yeah, Didier is smoking because he's, like, supposed to be, like, a French stereotype. But, like, even Lee, like, smoking and, like, looking at the footage of, like, <laughs> the video yeah. that he shot, I was no, like, what's I, I, I happening? Get you. Um, 
So Didier is smoking a cigarette while this scene is going and he's driving and he accidentally drops a cigarette onto his lap and he's burning his lap and he's like, oh shit. So he's like trying to uh, get the cigarette off of his lap and he gets distracted and then he crashes into a beam um, in the construction site and poor Will goes fucking flying into like a tar pit. I guess yeah. this this is some crazy shit that happened. This is it, it is this CJ. Is like that kid was launched like a cannon. Like, I just wanted to I want to talk about this pit. Yeah, it was this so gross. Goo. It was like I don't. It was almost. I don't know if it was a cart- tar pit or what. I, it looked like. Have you ever seen the movie The Brothers Grimm? No. It it looked like kind of the tar that crows were formed and deformed out of in that movie. It was disgusting and creepy, and we just see this child get thrown into this pit, and he's trying to get out, but he can't, and more shit is falling, and no one's helping him. Everyone's bolting, and all the stuff is falling on top yes. of the pit, and he's getting, like, buried alive, drowning in this tar pit, and it's fucking intense. It was fucking Like, scary. they linger onto the scene of this boy just drowning in this pit, and it's terrifying. I really, and I was like... Are we going to kill the kid? I was like, I know that this is like a lighthearted comedy about children. I wouldn't children, put it against them, but like, the Brits. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. You don't know what the Brits, like, uh-huh. you don't know who they're going to kill off at one point. My mom watches almost exclusively British television. I've seen a lot of fucked up shit that they do. Their, their stuff is either like grisly murders or like wacky comedies there's like no in between and then the great british bake and then the great british bake-off which i would say is a wacky comedy in itself it's kind of a british (laughs) you just get murdered by paul hollywood depends on the pastry i guess yeah paul hollywood stare judging you on your bread bakes (laughs) (laughs) it's a horror movie to me anyway this so Will, this poor this kid, this poor kid is literally drowning. drowning, and he's screaming for help. And Didier is like totally panicked. He doesn't know what to do, and then he sees that something's about to fall on him. So he dives out of the car and just runs away. And then all of the kids are like, "Fuck, we fucked up!" And then they all flee the set. And then Will is drowning, and shit's falling on him. And like you, oh my god! And you see, like there's like one small hole that he's like yelling for help out of, and then you just see like bubbles of this tar bullshit coming up. And I was like, oh my god, he's drowning, and he's gonna die, and this is so gross, and what a gruesome fucking way to die. But then at the last second, you see all of the shit and all of the debris come off, and a hand reach out to grab him, and it's Lee Carter saving Will. Thank God. But. Who, by the way, is bloody. Yes. Because during their fight, people threw people rocks. And Will rocks. actually threw a rock to, like, hit Lee. Yes. And so he's bloodied while Will is just covered in black. Totally like, covered tar. in tar. And, like, listen, Lee saves Will's life for the second time in this movie. But he's like, make no fucking mistake. I'm still angry at you. I still fucking yeah. hate you. I cannot believe that I allow. It's really sad. He's like, I can't believe that I allowed myself to, like, 
become friends with somebody else when I know that the only person in my life that cares about me is my brother and nobody else and I can't believe I fell for this and you've basically you've broken my heart Anakin and he fucking leaves and you he he ripped into this so he rips into this child and then he's like so how about he like helps will up and he's like so go get my fucking camera because i'm never gonna fucking see you again so will's like all right you know what fair enough dude like didier left me to fucking die all these kids left me to die like you fucking win so he goes to get his camera and then all of a sudden more fucking debris comes and just absolutely destroys poor lee carter yeah it we I this is where I thought like okay they killed the kid. yeah because I was like okay they faked they, they faked the out I, killing I the kid so. at first and then when they did that I was like fuck they fucking they did it they killed the kid and then they show like him going into the hospital and they show like Will getting questioned by the policeman and he's like we have to tell you know his parents I was like oh my god they have to tell his parents that he's dead but he's not dead thank God just a broken leg just a broken leg which is ironic because in the beginning of the movie he's pretending that his legs all all limpy yeah. and he's all been tortured and then in actuality he ends the movie with a broken leg and will mm-hmm. actually now does have to help him so the movie this is what you did you brought up a great point that i want to elaborate on mm-hmm. which is the movie ends and begins the um, same way the same way yeah. it, it was very beautiful where uh, it began with, like, scenes of him in the shed, of Will in the shed, coloring and drawing in his Bible. Yep. And then, uh, like, eating his dinner with his family. Yep. So Will... But oh, continue. Now it's different. Yeah. So th- he he's doing it again, but this time, a lot more emotion yes. now that we've seen these stories. And his life isn't he's... as bland anymore, you know? No. He's become, like, his own person. He's at the dinner table, and now uh, Brethren Joshua is the there at the head of the Joshua. table. At the head of the and table. Ugh. He's just being a he's being a dick, kind of to Will, yes. just saying like you should finish your food, stop sulking. In my household, when I was raised, I wouldn't let be allowed to leave the table until I finished my food, and Will just like leaves, and the ma then decides she's had enough of Joshua, takes his plate. Right from his, you know, fork and knife, mm-hmm. puts it in the sink, and they kick him out and shout hooray. Yes, it was really good. Like I fucking loved when the when she's like, okay, well, if you don't want to eat, you can step down from the table. And fucking brethren Josh was like, my mom would have smacked the shit out of me if I would have left the table before finishing my dinner. And she's like, it's okay, Will, you can leave. So Will leaves, and she picks up her plate, and she puts it in the sink, and while Brethren Josh was literally eating off of his plate, she just takes the plate from him and just, like, puts it on the sink, and she takes her stupid little headscarf, headband off, and she you, the next shot is just him getting, like, getting... Walking out of, out of the house. Yep. Yeah. And then you just hear the door slam behind him. And I'm like, yeah, fuck brother and Joshua. Also. And so then. Er- oh, yep, continue. We forgot earlier in the scene. After um, the hospital scene and whatever. And you find out that Lee is not dead. Will runs into his garage or shed or whatever. And hysterically cries. And his mother finds him. And he's so upset because he also finds out that his 
family might get kicked out of their church as well. That's right. So he has, he loses it in the shed and he's like, I've ruined everything. Everything's a mess. Like I, I, I ruined my friendship. I ruined my family. His mother finds him and cries with him and feels very bad. And then his little sister comes and finds the gift that Lee had left for him when he had first come to apologize. And it turns out to be his father's watch that he had given to his brother. So... A touching moment. A touching moment. And Will is like, God, I'm a fucking asshole. So Will goes to the hospital after his mother, like, kicks out Brethren Joshua. Fuck off, Brethren Joshua. Um, He goes to the hospital to go talk to Lee. And Lee is literally not having it. He's, like, turning away. He's not talking to him. And Will's like, fuck, I fucked up. Then Lee's brother comes in. And he's, like, being a total asshole. And he's like... He's like, whatever happened to him, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything. And they're like, he just, he wanted to give, he wanted to make sure that you got this. And it's the camera, his older brother's camera that got absolutely broken. And the nurse is trying to tell his brother, like, you know, he's really brave and he's like, he's recovering. Like he went through a lot and his brother is just sitting there yelling at him about the camera. And, like, it's so sad because, like, Lee is just sitting there crying because he just wants, like, the attention of his brother and the love of his brother and his brother couldn't fucking care less. He's just like, fucking do it with my camera. It's fucking broken. So Lee's brother leaves the hospital and he's trying to call his mom and his fucking douchebag friends are, like, screaming over him and, like, jumping into his car or whatever. And he's trying to call them. (laughs) He's trying to call his mom on the 80s cell phone. I love 80s cell phones. Those giant fucking... They look like hand, like those like corded telephones, but like, yeah. oh my God, they're hilarious. So he's trying to talk to his mom. His mom's not answering. He feels like an absolute douchebag. He like kicks his friends out of the car. He comes home and he finds Will in like their little, I guess like storage garage or whatever, where Lee was editing together this movie. And he's like trying to like salvage or no, maybe his brother was trying to salvage the the tape. Or, trying to fix the camera. Yeah, he was trying mm-hmm. to fix the camera. And Will comes in and he's like, do you think that we can fix this? And L- Lee sees... Lee's brother sees. Lee's, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, Lee's brother sees when Lee is, uh, has just saved Will from the tar pit and is just saying that like his brother is the only one that cares about him. And he's like, fuck, I'm such a douchebag, dude. I've been mistreating this child who just wants my love. And another scene that we get that is interspersed after or before this, I forget, are the French Ford Exchange students. Oh my gosh, how could I forget? Back back on the bus heading back to France and everyone's saying goodbye. Oh my God. But everyone's giving gifts to Didier. To Didier and giving him flowers and cards and stuffed teddy bears and like everything. what I really enjoyed from this scene was they got get in the bus, they leave, all the kids are just waving, they're so excited, so sad that they're leaving. But then we see them on the bus, and Didier is on the back of his bus by himself holding all these gifts, and he's kind of looking a little sad. And then you see uh, the other French students look back at him, and one says to the other in French, like, stupid 
English kids. Yeah, like English fools or English pigs or yeah. something like that. And, and so that gives me like insight that Didier in France is kind of a nobody. He's kind of a nerd and like people bully him. Like they threw the, he like dropped a lot of his gifts and like one of the kids picked it up and like threw the flowers at him and like whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like, yeah, so Didier is like the cool kid or whatever in a, in England, but like when he goes back to France, among his French peers, he's basically like the Lee Carter of his group where like he kind of marches mm-hmm. marches to his own drum and he's kind of a troublemaker, but like nobody likes him in France. And I felt so bad for him. And then, so that was another comparison to the beginning of the movie with the bus coming yes. in, coming out. Uh, and now we get to like the final scene, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Where Lee has been, um, he, he's good to go. He's on crutches. He's been put in an ambulance to drive back to his house. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly not stoked to go back home. And there's like a man in the ambulance yeah, as well I, being like, aren't you excited? And I don't like, know if oh, he was okay, like a hospital me? worker or if he was like know. a policeman or like what? But he's like, all right. He's like, you should smile. You're going home. And Lee Carter's like, yeah, exactly. I'm going home. Like, I couldn't care less. <laughs> and so they arrive at the destination. But surprise, it's not his house. They pull up and he walks out to a movie theater. Yes, where they're playing Rambo First Blood. Which, again, is paralleling the beginning of the movie because the first shot of the movie is Will outside of the Rambo First Blood theater doing, like, a sermon. That's right, yeah. Just realized that. And this made me think of what we watched last time, Hot Rod. Mm-hmm. Because Dude, it's, I was it's, it's another, the same thing. It's another group of people that somehow just get their movie to play in a theater and everyone comes to see I it. I know. Like it's, I guess like but this, was, this is like a small town in the eighties. Yeah. So and if if it's like a one, it was doing a favor. Yeah. If it's like a one movie, like a one theater, like mm-hmm. tiny movie theater, and you like know the guy who owns it, like it seems like a small town that they live in, and you could be like, hey, like it'd be really cool if you showed this movie, especially because it's for a kid in a hospital. Like <laughs> I'm sure you have a little bit more pull there yeah. than you do with a hot rod, where it's like. Me and my friends, who are all adults, want to show we my movie. Jackass. We did jackass. But Lee gets this really good moment sitting in the seats watching his film. Now, his film has – he was editing it, but it was unfinished. Mm-hmm. And so we find out that William and Lee's brother finished the movie for yes. him. And so the beginning of it is all Lee's work. And then we see – uh, William come in and fight the scarecrow, and it's obviously someone in a scarecrow costume. Yes. And the helmet comes off, and we see that it's Lee's brother. Yes. And Lee, Lee's brother is a terrible actor. Absolutely but awful. He does, he does have a very good moment on camera saying that he is the brother. And even though uh, brother times, of Lee's character, who is like the nite- yeah. the lieutenant or something, but it was just directed directly towards Lee. Yeah, and it's just a mo- good moment about how he's his brother, and he's all he has as well, and so he's gonna be better at you know he's gonna connecting with yeah him. he's gonna get better and he does really love him and he's gonna get better with connecting with him and spending time with him and like being there for him which i thought was really sweet also it was quite funny that 
Will edited out all the scenes with Didier as the wolf, except for like one scene. And then they like manipulated a scene to make it look like they killed Didier. And yeah. Will like voices over like both Lee and Will's parts for uh, for Lee to be like, uh, how did what happened with the wolf? And Will is like, the wolf was a traitor the whole time, like to make it like look like he was a, he was the asshole that he was. Um, and I and the short film. Oh, oh no, continue. I was just gonna say the short film finishes, and it's a great touching. It's moment. really great, and it it finishes on like a prayer that that Will had said earlier in the movie with his mother which was like you know thank god for like all of my friends and the light that they give me in the world but like the son of rambo is like now i have to go see an old friend and then it cuts to footage of the two of them doing like the blood brothers thing and like holding hands in the forest while this like prayer goes on and i was like this is so fucking cute and then it cuts to lee watching it in the theater and he's like crying because he's so happy and he loves the movie yeah, really and, and William appears behind him. He kind of escorts him out of the theater, helping him with the crutches. Just like in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yep. And uh, another comparison was in the moment of that day when they did the Blood Brothers pack, mm-hmm. William said to Lee, besides the falling in, or the, the, besides talking about my father's death, this was the best day of my life. And that was a real touching moment. And the movie ends with... Lee and William walking out of the theater, and Lee says to William, you know, this was the best day this of my life. This is the best day of my life. And the movie ends. I loved this and that was, movie. It was a good, it was, it was a nice movie. It was very pleasant. I had no idea what to expect No. a movie called Son of Rambo. This is not what I not expected. Not at all. But it's what I enjoyed. I thought it was so delightful also i'm so sorry for all that crunching noise in the background my hedgehog has decided that it's snack time and she is we all know it's you she's Alexa. a very loud she's a very loud eater um i loved this movie i thought it was so cute i love movies where kids are just doing cute kid things i find it to be so adorable I love shit like that, where it's like, oh, the kids are doing things like pretending to do like pretending that it's make believe or whatever. I don't know. This is not as good of like a comparison, but I've recently started like replaying the second South Park game. And there's (laughs) and listen, hear me out, because my roommate and I were talking about this the other night because we watched the South Park movie. And that's how like I was like, man, I kind of really want to play the games again. There is. I know we all know that the premise of South Park is like these kids that get into adult situations. That being said, my favorite parts of the show are when the kids are just acting like children. And the second game is all of them pretending to be superheroes. And I'm like, this is all really cute. I find it to be cute. And even this movie, it's kids who are smoking and pretending to do drugs at a party and like uh, like cursing and shit but at the end of the day they're all still children who are pretending that they're rambo and making rambo fan fiction movies and i just fa- found it to be just so charming it was charming yeah. this was a charming movie it gives me like Goonies vibes, Stand By Me vibes, yes. that good classic coming of age classic coming of age 80s movies and yeah. I, it, it yeah. definitely, you can tell, is definitely 
based on like these directors like real experiences because you're like yeah like especially like I don't know if you were a kid but like me and my friends made movies with my little I think it was called a flip camcorder I had a flip camcorder yeah it was like those little things that you would hold and you would there literally there was just a play button and a record button and like that was it me and my friends would make like movies with my camcorder and stuff so you know I I liked it it was a nostalgic not just because it was the 80s but because like you know it makes you think of like your own childhood when you did blood brother packs CJ yeah yeah (laughs) definitely I have one Amazon review only one I, I only wanted one it was only one worth saying wow okay this is from May 4th, 2017. The person's name is Pseudo Dionysius. Okay. Wow, la da One star review. He said, too many annoying British accents. Oh my god! <laughs> Here's the review. I wasn't ex- expecting that. Alexa, <laughs> there are too many annoying british accents in the movie okay so i quit watching it at 16 minutes i can't understand the annoying british accent and i didn't want to use subtitles is that it that's it (laughs) (laughs) this man contemplated using subtitles because of a british accent okay first of all the movie was made in the UK, so unfortunately, <laughs> you can't really avoid I, that. I can't believe this British movie has British accents. How am I supposed to listen to this? The, cr- the, cr- the craziest part about this, there are a lot of crazy parts, but like, okay, one, it was a British movie. Two, it wasn't even released in the United States until after... Until 2008. CJ and I are kind of cheating a little bit, because technically it wasn't released in the U.S. until 2008. I I, I feel better, but it was released in Britain January uh, 2007, 2007. so I feel better. But, like, truthfully, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know... It's not like this was a wide release or whatever. This was like like an indie film that was released and got, like, a lot of hype in the U.K., you have to be looking for something very specific to just randomly want to watch this movie 10 years after it came out. Why did you not think at first when you saw it, you were like, oh, this is a British film. I don't like British accents. I'm not going to watch it. Hey, I mean, it is called Son of Rambo. It, I guess so. I, I guess Rambo's, if you're super into yeah, Rambo. But... Do, wait, does this guy think it's a legit Rambo movie? Like it's a Rambo sequel. I don't. I'm gonna give him a little credit. (laughs) You don't know, dude. He's probably like, "Wow, this is this is really." Pseudo Dionysius maybe did. The guy's like, "This is really like this is a really long intro." Like, when does Sylvester Stallone come in? (laughs) (laughs) What's with all these British people? (laughs) That's it. That's the one review I got. You know what? That's all you fucking need. Um, Mm -hmm. this movie. So the budget is in pounds but the box office is in dollars for some reason so the budget was 4.5 million pounds which is about like 5.5 million million dollars sure so it it did well it did doubled its box office um 
It has a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 66 on Metacritic. Um, the thing is, like, generally it was favorable and it appeared on a lot of critics' top 10 best films lists that year. Oh, wow. So, like, wow. fuck off all the people that didn't like it. <laughs> like, um, There's a lot of... Obviously, it's a British movie. There's a lot of British actors in it. I thought um, there's somebody... There's some... The, I think Brethren Joshua is actually in one of my mother's British crime dramas. He's in Midsummer Murders. Um, so of course, he's, he of is. course, he's in Midsummer Murders. He's, he's the murderer. No, I think he's one of the detectives. Absolutely, I refuse to believe that. Um, You're gonna. I'm sorry, I spoiled it for you, but there's gonna be a twist. Oh when you find out he's the murderer. no! Yeah, and he's gonna murder himself. Mid- oh no! Double twist. Yeah, it's not a suicide. It's he murders himself. It's it gets wow. complicated. It's a British thing. Yeah, sorry. Wow. Well, you wouldn't understand it with their accents and all. Yeah, I didn't put on the. I didn't put on the uh, the subtitles, but Midsummer Murders has been going on for like. A million years, so... (laughs) Ugh. I put on the subtitles, but the subtitles are in British, too. God! They spelled... How can I... I can't read English. They spelled... England. Color. C-O-L-O-U-R. I can't read that. Speak American. Jesus. I also like that uh, Adam Godfrey was in it. He was one of the other brethren. He's been in a lot of things, like, um... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Love Actually and the BFG... Which, by the way, so the BFG was a movie based on the book, the BFG by Raul Dahl. I, to this day, can't tell you what the BFG stands for because my stupid brain automatically goes the big fucking giant. <laughs> uh, you're very close. Is it like, I don't know what it is because I'm like, it's you the got... big fucking giant. <laughs> do, you, do you want me yeah, to Yeah, what tell is you? it? The big friendly oh giant. you know what that makes a lot more sense i even saw the movie in yeah. theaters and i was like i never saw the movie but i read every single role it was book. pretty cute i saw it with my mom and i think my brother and like when we went to go see it i was like mom i'm not gonna lie to you i know the title of this movie is not the big fucking giant but that's all my brain wants to remember <laughs> yeah i'm a giant but all I do is Ugh, fuck. Just fuck. Um, That's all I do. Also, the director of Ed, uh, the director of the director Edgar Wright was in this. He made like a cameo as one of the teachers, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, like we said, the the directors also directed the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and also one of like Didier's boys was played by Stanley Kubrick's grandson. I thought Didier himself was that. I thought I read that. No, it's one of Didier's acolytes. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah, no. There you go. So Overall, this movie was a hit. I, I, liked I loved it. it. It was great. I thought it was really cute. It was charming. It made me happy. I didn't know I didn't know what to, what to ha- what to expect when I walked in. I I really appreciate going into, you know, any media any kind of media property, like blind or as blind as you can be, and just being uh, glad or being, being pleasantly like, surprised. Well, I, I mean, it's not surprised if you don't have anything to go into. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is, but like, it's when I saw the musical for um, Bronx Tale, I had, had no, no idea what it was about. Yeah, and because of that, I really liked it. 
I I'm, I'm, I get maybe it is pleasantly surprised, and I'm just being dumb. no. It's fine. It's I, that's how I would describe it. But like I I enjoyed just like you know not having any expectations and having a good time yeah. regardless. Um, also, this movie had a stage music musical adaptation. Um, which now I'm sad. I which is crazy to which hear is about. crazy. Um, but I think it was just like it was just like workshopped. Um, and it only ran for like two weeks in London. And I'm I'm genuinely I'm trying to find like anything like pictures or anything. <laughs> and I, I fucking can't find anything except for like that would be amazing. except for like the poster for the musical. Um, I'm a little sad that I can't find more about it because this just sounds yeah. so fun. Oh, I found this website. Ooh. Okay, this is cute. It doesn't give me any fucking information about it except for the poster, but it's cute. And it's set to an original 80s pop soundtrack. Dude, this is so up my alley. <laughs> they got my there fucking go. number here. I liked it. I give this I give this movie a 10 out of fucking 10. Yeah, I mean, I liked it too. I would definitely recommend it to others. I would totally recommend it. I would totally recommend spending the $3 uh, or the $4 if you buy it in HD. I didn't. I didn't realize I didn't buy it in HD until afterwards, but it's okay. I, I only did. spent $3 instead of 4 <laughs> Yeah. It'd be like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Son of Rambo. Son of Rambo. I thought it was a good time. I highly recommend it. Follow us on our socials, y'all. Every 2007 comedy, Twitter and Instagram. Gina. Thanks. Thank you, Gina, for letting <laughs> us use her song 20-something off the album Yellow. Gina Royale specifically and nobody else. <laughs> and, well, you know what? I'm feeling a little generous. <gasps> thank you to Facebook Messenger. <laughs> and their video. Thank- Thank you, fa- thank you, Facebook Messenger, guys, for doing what Discord can. <laughs> guys, I gotta tell you, our setup is so fucked up this evening. I've got. Oh, uh, we're in Jank City, right? We're now. really in Jank City. I don't know what my recording sounds like at all because I had to take my headphones out of my microphone and plug it into my phone because that was the only way that CJ and I could get clear picture and audio from each other. <laughs> what a nightmare! Yeah, we're we're. I'm just sitting in my basement struggling to get a connection and i'm also holding a pop filter just in my hands because i can't fasten it to my desk we're we're living the best life he's been holding a pop filter this entire time also i've been playing with it way too much oh no oh no cj froze wait holy shit (laughs) we gotta end it we gotta end it now okay 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 we gotta stop okay we gotta end it we, we jinxed ourselves. Facebook Messenger, come on. We really jinxed ourselves. That is, that is it. We, That's the podcast, we, everyone. Icarus, we flew too high, too close to the sun. Yeah, we got to end it. Oh, my All God. Right, Alexa, say it with me. All right, Three, guys. Two, one. We'll, we'll see, see you in 2007. 2007. Are you okay? I don't remember the line. <laughs> Sums up this episode. Oh, seven.